not. <laughs> Did you really start talking as I was recording? That, that's, the, that's the intro music, right? <laughs> <laughs> I hope. Oh, I don't know. Because I, I think I even saved this as like an MP4, so I, I don't even know what the hell I'm going to do with it. But All right. So we're back. Um, you're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, so we, we do a podcast um, that comes out whenever the hell we feel like it. Uh, these days is every four months or so. So, yeah. Actually, I think it's been longer than that. I think we recorded four months ago, but I don't think yeah. we put up an episode in like more than that. But yeah, it's been uh, it's been a while. Yeah. Anyways, my name is Tom. This is Miles. If this is your first time, we do a podcast. Usually, it's about mental health. Sometimes it's not. This time, it's about mental health. So, yeah, that's what we're going to be talking about. And today's topic, or. Ugh, we were actually arguing about what exactly our topic was because I was going to use a word that Miles doesn't like or at least finds uh, problematic. Um, so normalcy or stability uh, while having a mental illness is kind of the general idea of uh, what we're going to be talking about today. So um, do you have any first thoughts about that, Miles, before I ask the, our first question on this? I think I want to word, have a report to my accusation. Uh, I was gonna say I think the word stability is a is a far less pejorative word than normalcy. Pejorative. Yeah. I wish I knew what that meant. <laughs> Anyways, okay, so our our first like um, I guess highlight question to get us going, uh, what does it mean to seek stability uh, with a mental illness? And I'll. Um, I will retell you my example, Miles. So uh, act surprised and make a lot of ooh and ah sounds. I will. Um, so recently, uh, in the past two weeks, uh, my own personal uh, symptoms of mental illness, I have depression, um, have been really great. Uh, uh, compared to the last couple of months, I've been feeling really well, um, been eating really well, getting a lot of exercise. Things are going well at work. Um my relationships are okay. And so I've been feeling pretty good. Um, but about, you know, two days ago, I got hit with a really significant depressive episode where um, I didn't think anything mattered. I didn't want to move or do anything at all. I got really tempted to go back to my self-medicating habits. Um, and so I had to really come to realize that um, this is just a thing that's going to happen, that regardless of all of the good things that I'm experiencing, um, I will sometimes just get very sad or or very low energy. Um, and that the first thing that happens when I experience those things is I become really scared and uncertain. I want to know why it's happening and I want to know how I can fix it. Um, and I'm coming to realize that I'm, you know, in a lot of ways, I'm doing everything that I can do to fix those things. But those are this condition is going to happen anyways. So I am trying to seek a new, for me, a new normal, you know, a new level of stability, which is, you know, I can be productive. You know, thank goodness I didn't miss any work. You know, usually when I go through a depressive episode, I would be out of, of work for a day or three days. Um, so, you know, this was a very, like, good bounce back from that experience. But I have to realize that in seeking stability, 
with this condition, I, you know, I'm still going to experience these things. So that's kind of the, the story and the thought process that started this conversation. Um, so yeah, Miles, you have thoughts about that yourself? Do you have any experiences that can highlight that? Say things. Uh, yeah. So, uh, I think there's, um, uh, so, so treatment and medication, which, which we've talked about before, uh, many times kind of takes the edge off, but it right. doesn't ever fix it. Right. Like there's always something there in the back of your head. That's kind of like nagging at you to be unhealthy. Um, yeah. and, um, you know, the peaks and the valleys become less defined, but they also are still present. So if you have depression, I have bipolar disorder. Um, which is different, obviously, but we have similar symptoms in when, when we get depressed. And, uh, you know, the, the, the idea of just sort of like, like hacking off the top of the mountains is, is kind of nice, but you still got to climb them. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, uh, uh, so last, uh, right around the last time we released our last episode a year ago. <laughs> um, was we, it, uh, please tell me it's not a year ago. I, I think it was January. It was the last time we were this one. I think oh, it was January. Man. Yeah, I know. Um, but you and I have been getting our lives together, so it's okay. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, so what, uh, I went through a pretty bad depressive episode myself and I was in the hospital for a couple of days yeah. and, uh, I'm sure we've talked about that. And, um, you know, the, uh, I was taking my meds with regularity. Um, I was seeing my counselor every week and it still happened, you know, um, not because my meds and treatment weren't working. It was just, you know, life kind of caught up with me, um, after pushing it down for a very long time. Um, and, uh, you know, there, there, there's a sense that sometimes you, try really hard, but you're, you can't fight your brain chemicals no matter how hard you try. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I, I wish that I could make it go away. You, you know, we, we talked about how um, earlier um, my dad was in the program, right? Mm-hmm. And the idea of like, you're always trying to kind of dodge relapse and you're always kind of trying to dodge the, the black dog as it's right. been called. And, um, you know, I, I guess like, I wonder, are you ever really, cured of it or are you always kind of trying to dodge that dodge that uh that dog yeah there's a um there's this that like everything in my life has become internet memes and this is not this is not quite a meme but there's like Badass. a web comic <laughs> that i don't know if you've seen or not but it's like depression in my teens do you know what I'm, have you seen this thing no it's like depression in my teens like, you know, freaking out, and there's, like, this uh, anthropomorphic cloud around them that's, like, you know, depression and anxiety. Um, And then it's, like, depression in my 20s and 30s, and it's just, like, it's the same person, the same cloud, but the guy, you know, the the thing, it's a girl in the comic, and she's just, like, hey, what's up? You know, it's just, like, (laughs) this is, you know, and that's kind of the idea, is, like, this is, you become accustomed to it. Um, And I think that's a kind of what I'm a little bit afraid of, Especially because this is one of our other topics, so I'm kind of just skipping around. But like the um, the diagnosis and the identity of depression is uh, is very comforting for me because it helps me understand my experiences. But I hate the idea of just like accepting something and being really passive to it. 
you know like you know why? we were ta- why yeah why because i want to have a sense of control i want to have agency in my own life i don't want to feel like the um the die is already cast and that there's nothing i can do about it can 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 i can i prod a little bit here I mean, isn't um, that what we're here for? Yeah, it is. Uh, so, <laughs> so do, do you have any problems identifying as a man? No. Do you have any problems identifying as a person with brown hair? It's it's um, dirty blonde. Thank you very much, but okay, no. Okay. Well, <laughs> do you have any problems no. identifying? You, you get the idea, right? Um, mm-hmm. it's the same DNA that gives you depression as it is your hair color. So, I mean, like you can dye your hair, but you're still a dirty blonde. So right. why does that, and I guess why does that the matter? Idea, well, it matters because having dirty blonde hair doesn't impact my quality of life. Um, that's, that's why fair. That's fair. Uh, now, whether, now, whether it's equally as unchangeable, it, that might still be the case. You know, yeah. like, and it's kind of, uh, it's an interesting uh, thing you just said about dyeing your hair. It's like, you can dye your hair literally any color, but the roots will always grow back the same. Or at least I think they do. I've never really gone through dyeing my hair. I assume that <laughs> your hair color doesn't change. Um, I, I dyed my hair how... all different kinds of colors in college. I don't know if you remember that or not, but no, your yeah, hair grows cool. back to normal color. <laughs> yeah. I just realized that I didn't know the answer to that. I'm like, is that a real thing? Wait a minute. Um, but yeah, that's that's why it matters to me is because I'd rather not have it. Um, in the same, you know, like, you know, I, I don't have a problem being a man. I don't have a problem, you know, having brown hair. Um, yeah, all of those things. So... Um, and it's interesting. I'll, I'll, I'll contrast it to a different thing in my life. Um, I'm significantly overweight and I'm actually going through a, a real process right now to try to get healthier. And, um, I was just talking to my grandmother about this like yesterday and she was like, oh, you know, it's so, it doesn't seem fair. You know, you eat the same way that other people do. They don't gain weight. And I'm like, you know, whether that's the case or not, it's also a huge blessing to have a problem, albeit a significant problem, um, that I can actually do something about. Like I can lose weight. Like it's a, it, I have at least some agency over that. I, I, I won't lose weight as easily as other people. Sure. Um, I will gain back weight quicker than other people, but I have the ability to do something about that. Um, and so I want to believe <laughs> that um, there is something that I can do about my mental health in general and to my specific condition. Um, you know, we were talking about the fact, you know, before the podcast started that, you know, um, some of this, you know, might just become temperament. Like, you know, I will probably always be, you know, kind of dry and a little bit pessimistic, even if I become a lot more open and charismatic and vulnerable so i don't expect that i'll you know become a completely different person but i would hope it would be wonderful if through my own work and through some stroke of luck and the support of others that i could live a life that is very different um, from a symptoms perspective than the one that i'm currently living so i think that's what i mean um but your model might have a lot more peace in it you know what i mean like um 
you know your your perspective probably allows you to just like be very accustomed and comfortable um with the the symptoms you experience and uh, that might be better i don't i don't know so, but so it's just how how long have you been in treatment um that's a let's see in treatment i have been I've gone through some kind of counseling therapy medication since probably six years ago. Okay. So like, yeah. like, okay. So I have been in counseling or therapy since I was like, like 10. Um, so there right. might be, there might be like, like, like different, you know, level of like, okay, you know, um, or, it could just be a, a perspective. I mean, I think that even though I get batshit insane sometimes, like my bipolar disorder actually gives me some pretty interesting qualities um, mm-hmm. that are not all bad. Like I think my ability to get obsessive about things might be bad at times, but it makes me a really good mandolin player, you know? And um, yeah, and, and it makes me and like you know, be being um, enigmatic or, or, or captivating in a, in a social situation can be weird at times. Like if I'm at a family reunion and people want me to shut up or uh, it could be really helpful when I'm teaching my classes. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I don't know. I, I can't think of a lot of really positive qualities to, to major depression. Um, mm-hmm. but I'm sure they exist. Um, I, I just don't uh, think it's all bad, I guess is what I'm saying. And I, I, I don't know if I would take it away if I could, I think mm-hmm. it's a really it's a really interesting question. Like, would you change it? Um, the problem is, I mean, I've known this world for so long. I don't know any other kind of like mindset to think through. Um, but I, I guess, like, I wonder um, in terms of like acceptance, like, how much of this is stuff that is it internal acceptance or is it external acceptance that we're or that we're that we're looking for? Because um, you know, people talk about diabetes openly, or they talk about breast cancer pretty openly, or they talk about you know any number of developmental disabilities pretty openly, but people don't talk about mental illness. So I would you, man, this is a really interesting question. No, and, I, I mean, I honestly, um, I mean, it would be very nice if everybody saw me, um, mental illness for for the debilitating thing that it can be and was empathetic and you know understanding but um truly and genuinely i i I think it's an internal thing that i'm seeking um yeah because there's there's nothing like you know coming home from work feeling not physically exhausted but just emotionally drained and just not caring about anything but like in a in a not just in like a temporal way but like really um not being excited by anything yeah. and not like I, I was just um another tangent uh talking to my sister about like the fact that not a lot excites me like you know because I've, I've, i'm going through a transitional phase in my life i'm trying to figure out what the next phase is going to be and i'm like okay you know, what, what are my passions? What are things that I could just like, that if no one was paying me that I would just do. And I don't have a lot of those things. Um, 
not that I've never had them, but that as the depression has gotten worse, I just find them to be hollow. And I hate that. You know, I, I, I'm trying to be less angry about it because I don't think that being angry at my condition and angry at myself is helpful. I'm trying to be more understanding and empathetic towards myself. Mm-hmm. But that's a thing. And I would rather care about things. I would rather be passionate about things. So at least for me, the way that I'm defining things and the way that I'm perceiving things right now, it's definitely an internal struggle, an internal validation that I'm looking for. Um, so yeah, to answer your question, that's that's how I would describe it. Yeah, do, do you think that's reflected in your... Or do you think that's a reflection of the world that you live in not understanding your illness for what it is how would someone else's perspective make me more passionate about things um i I don't necessarily think it would but i think it would make it easier to uh, make it easier to understand yourself if you didn't have pressure from the outside trying to like like if you have issues with body image um, then if people are telling you things about your body, that would obviously change the way that you think about your body. Um, I mean, I, we, I deal with this with my students all the time. You know, like, don't listen to him. He's full of crap. You know, like, whatever he says doesn't matter. And then, mm-hmm. you know, how do, how do you how do you kind of rectify what other people say with what you have? <laughs> I see what you're saying. I just wonder so if that, it would make it easier just... to accept. Yeah, and and it might. I'm not saying it would. Like I said, it would be nice if everybody understood. Um, but no, I I mean I think I am pretty fortunate and a little bit self-induced because I tend to isolate mm-hmm. <laughs> when I get depressed, and so maybe I have less voices in my life. Um, but no, people don't talk about my weight. People also don't talk about my 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 mental illness, okay. um, even though I'm. You know, I can't hide my weight, and I, I'm pretty vocal about my mental illness. Yeah. Um, so, you no, know, I think it's actually the opposite. People kind of walk on eggshells. People, you know, never want to address the question or address what's in front of them. Do, so, do you think it'd be helpful if you could address it? I think that's more me, though, because anytime that I've reached out about it, to people that I care about, it's been a mostly positive experience. That's like good. even if they don't know what to say, yeah, because they don't understand it or they've never gone through it personally or it just doesn't make sense to them, um, they're always supportive. Like so, I've, I've I don't know I I don't have that kind of environment where I feel like I'm being judged for any of those things. But once again. I'm intentionally isolating, so that might be a, a part of it as well. I I don't know. Um, but no, I I I. Yeah, I don't know, and I, I maybe it's because, and I think we've had this conversation before, that depression is just so common. Yeah. Like out of all the mental illnesses, I think people understand it the most. It's the most one with the most recognizable symptoms. Yeah. Um, so maybe that's what it is, and and to your experience is probably very different than mine. Um, yeah, pe- yeah. People with people with bipolar disorder are kind of viewed as a little more crazy than oh, yeah. people with people with depression. Um, you know, I mean, I, I, the 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 mortality rate of people with bipolar is a lot higher than um, people with depression. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're on par for pupil schizophrenia, if I if I remember right. Um, yep. So there's like a lot of stigma that goes along with that, you know. So and, and I guess I'm I'm reflecting my own experiences in this in these questions as well. Cause I can't talk about my illness with people because uh, mm-hmm. if I do, then people start to back away slowly, um, you know. Uh, right. And, um, I, I work with kids, so there's like that layer of that, you know, where people are like, oh, wait a minute. Um, you know, through, through, through no fault of my own, people just feel that way. Right. Um, so, I mean, I, I guess like if you think about all of these things in terms of like how it helps you maintain uh, stability, um, what are, to, to bring it back to the first question, mm-hmm. um, what do you find are the things that help you maintain stability in your life? Oh, man, that's hard because I don't feel like I have a lot of it. Podcasting, <laughs> um, right? <laughs> I, 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 no joke. I mean, this is a very therapeutic thing for me. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I enjoy doing this and it's a creative endeavor, um, something that I'm moderately passionate about. Um, so, no, this is act, this is one of those things. But I feel like it's not something... Like, you know, <laughs> there is a reason why we haven't put up episodes in the past yeah. um, nine months, by the way. It was February, so Fast, maybe even eight, eight months. Okay. Um, some of that is just our schedules, but some of it is just a, like last like eight months have been real rough. Yeah, they've been like, real rough, man. Like, definitely. really rough. Um, so, like, I think the things that are currently providing me with stability more than anything else is like addressing the fundamentals, mm-hmm. um, like focusing on my, on my relationship, making small progress and things that I care about, like just getting a sense of hope again. And it's really hard for me to fake that. Um, I'm, I'm a pretty skeptical pessimistic person so like i like things have to actually be demonstrably demonstrably good um for me to have hope um so and 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 my personal progress has come at the end of like literally months of like up and down and like you know whenever someone asks me how i'm doing like it's it's always like it's both i am i am at all times doing very well and very poorly at the same time maybe not within the same day or within the same experience but always up and down so yeah so for me stability recently has been about the fundamentals like try to eat better try to try to talk to people try to figure out like what really matters to you um that's been a whole man i could do a whole nother podcast and i think we should about like what it is you really want (laughs) um because i realized that i don't actually know at all um but yeah man it's been it's been a lot of that and it's it's not been a linear path so it's not like i do this and my life becomes more stable it's you know i add this into the mix into the brew and hopefully eventually the toxicity levels of the brew go down but it has a you know a, a pipeline of sludge constantly pumping into it so it just yeah it's a it's a process i was, I was talking with somebody a couple of days ago about 
how when you have bipolar, you're sort of like constantly self-medicating up and down and you're always trying to find that equilibrium. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And like, it never quite gets perfect. Um, I do it with caffeine and hard work. And I just like exhaust well, myself. Especially for bipolar, you are, it's literally an equilibrium battle, right? <laughs> yep. It's like, you know, cause it's like, even even the manic stuff even though I, I don't know if you prefer mania over depression but like even manic doesn't sound like a pleasant time like well, it sounds like a lot of bad things you know as uh, well mania is great until it's not um, right yeah. it, it, it feels kind of nice to like get a lot of work done and to feel like you're you know um, a lot more interesting than you are um <laughs> but then but then eventually you kind of hit a wall where you're like, I haven't slept in three days. I'm, I'm falling apart. And, um, right. you know, then you got kids looking at you, like my kids look at me and they're like, what's wrong with you? Um, but my mania comes out more in like, um, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of how to describe it. Um, I become a lot more chatty um, mm. and like socially pushy. Like that pressured speech happens a lot more. Um, uh, not to get too personal, but like, uh, sexuality becomes really enhanced. Um, Mm -hmm. things like, uh, money spending habits go through the roof. So, you know, there, there's a, there's a, uh, a lot of really risky behaviors that go along with mania. Um, so for me, depression gets bad when I get like, uh, into those thoughts or hurt myself. But honestly, mm-hmm. when I get into manic stages, I get worse with that because you make dumb decisions and then you kind of have to like pick up the pieces and you're like trying to fix your brain while you're going off the rails. And it's just, it's not right. fun. So actually the, when I was in the hospital in January, I was there because of a manic episode, not because of a depressive episode. Gotcha. Um, so, um, yeah, but like bouncing that out is 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 really tricky sometimes because it feels good and you don't want it to stop, but you know that it has to stop or else you're going to get mm. to a really unhealthy place. Yeah. Um, um. But go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was I was about to go on to another question. So yeah, go ahead. I'm I sorry. I'm just, I was rambling. Go ahead. No, that's that's most of this podcast. <laughs> um. Okay, so we touched on a little bit of this other stuff. Um. So though I had written this question, but I think we've kind of dissected it in a different way. Like, can you attain stability while still experiencing these significant symptoms? So, like, is there a level of okayness? Like, is there a place where, you know, you're experiencing these symptoms and they're they're still there, but your life is not in crisis? Which I think is the next thing we were going to talk about. Like, um, like right now, I don't feel in crisis. Yeah. But two months ago yeah. for sure so um so, you know so, can, can i ask a follow-up question to your question mm-hmm. almost like i took philosophy classes mm-hmm. um, um is the goal of mental health treatment managing symptoms that you experience or is it the extinction of those symptoms well i suppose a lot of it has to do with your perspective on whether or not you're symptoms can be you know extinguished um kind of like how you know when someone's dying your goal is to make them comfortable 
Yeah. You know, it's not to actually heal them because you, you know that they're terminal. They're not going to get healed. Um, so I don't, I'm not a mental health professional myself. Um, but when I, I think when I'm go and I am trying to make my mental health better, I think that is the, you know, it would be great if they went away altogether, but I think I'm trying to get to a better state. I'm trying to get to a manageable state. Okay. Um, maybe that's just because that's because I, I feel like I haven't had that in over a decade. Yeah. Um, and so that would be a great place to start. <laughs> um, yeah. I think that's my answer to that question for me. Uh, I guess like what I'm saying is like as a man with, with depression and you're, if you're seeking treatment and, and I appreciate where you're at right now. Um, but like long-term goals is the idea for you to make you not depressed anymore, or is it to deal with the depression as it comes at you? Um, and I, and this really shades my answer to your question because there, there's a huge, um, pragmatic and philosophical difference here. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I think a lot of it comes with acceptance and a lot of it comes with like support system, you know? Like when I, when I get manic, I don't automatically like up my meds or something like that. I learn how to deal with it with my wife, right? Because right. it's not going to go away. Um, and yet that's a lot different than like trying to, you know, med it out of me or trying to like suppress it to the point that doesn't present anymore. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess that, so that might be a good question. Like, let's say that was your goal. How would you, how would your treatment be different if your goal was to was to go for extinction as opposed to mitigation, so that's uh, that's that's awesome question. Um, I would. I, I, would, I don't think it would change for me. Like personally, this seems to be the best way to deal with my symptoms. Um, so, for me, I think a lot more medication would be involved. Um, I don't like the idea of taking a lot of meds. Like I have. 180 uh, milligrams of Ativan in my closet that I keep getting prescribed to me that I don't take because it scares the crap out of me to take Ativan every day, um, mm -hmm. especially in the doses that I would need it. So instead of dealing with panic attacks with medication, I deal with them meditation <laughs> or deep breathing or tea or getting my you know books in a row or whatever, um, and and you know just kind of dealing with the anxiety that comes with bipolar as as it is instead of, you know, kind of fighting through it instead of trying to make it go away. Um, but I could take some heads and make it go away very easily, but I don't like them. The idea of that much chemicals inside of me. Um, so, I mean, that I think would look very different. Um, is that, is that a sufficient example? Yeah, but I still like, so you're saying that it, like the treatment would be more extreme, but like the method itself wouldn't change. I don't think so. No. Yeah. Right. Which is kind of what I'm getting at. Like, you know, whatever the. Once again, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a. I'm not a therapist. So I don't we know. Should, like, we the should get a doctor on here. Yeah, we probably should. <laughs> we should. Um, but like, you know, there's a difference between treating the the root cause or addressing the symptoms, and yeah. Um, so I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know if because I think the root cause in its entirety is complex and most likely unknown, um, at least for me. 
mm-hmm. that it's hard to actually address. Like if let's say you really wanted to get rid of it, that's I would think you would address root causes as opposed to symptoms. Um, yeah. But that's that's like a, a nebulous, never solidified thing. So right. well, you I mean, know, e- e- even though I have a chemical uh, imbalance in my brain, I'm still doing trauma informed therapy right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it, it's obviously not one thing that causes things, you know, there's a whole, you know, uh, knot of, of things you're trying to unravel. Um, cause you know, obviously people like you and me usually comes from families that are rich with mental illness and, you know, it gets untreated up until, you know, the two thousands, you know, like, like my dad was bipolar and his dad was bipolar and, you know, um, mm-hmm. and that just com- adds to the complexity of the situation. Right. So how right. much of this is familial, how much of this is nature versus nurture. And, um, right. you're, you're right. You know, you, you, you kind of attack it at all sides as you can. Um, I just don't, I guess I'm going to concede to your point here. And I'm going to say that. <laughs> Uh, I, I'll I, take I, I that. I think you're right. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. I mean, like the, the the intensity would change, but the method would not change. Um, right. But I think if we're talking about psychotropics, the intensity of the method is really of great importance because mm-hmm. you can fry your liver or you can, you know, maintain a normal life. It depends on what you're looking at. Um, right. Thorazine, for God's sake, you know, it's it's a thing um, that people use for some reason <laughs> and you know it could really do damage or it could help mm-hmm. um i'm not, I'm not familiar but is that, is that common for uh for bipolar is that what that is what thorazine no that is yeah. uh, kind of like a um i think it's technically an anti-anxiety med but it's it's um it's kind of a tranquilizer <laughs> in the way that it's uh-huh. used um it, it's a very old school med uh, it's the one they give the patients in one flew over the cuckoo's nest oh, um, gotcha. to kind of calm them down. Mm-hmm. Um, bipolar, the gold standard is lithium. Um, yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I, the last part of this that I wrote down, I think we've addressed some of this, and this was just kind of like a sprawling bunch of nonsense that I wrote. Um, cool. Used to defining your experience as one in crisis. Now that the crisis is mitigated, does your identity as relation in relation to the mental illness change? Is that positive? Is the label and the identity more powerful than the healing? And that's kind of what I was getting at about like there is a, um, you know, there's a lot of comfort in the moniker is probably not the right word, but in like in the identity and like in knowing that I'm a person that has depression. Yeah. Uh, and if I if if I have less of those symptoms, you know, I think the thing that I'm like ultimately afraid of is that um, I might have to take some accountability for my actions, sure, and not and not blame it on a mental illness all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there is at least for me there is a danger of that. There is a danger to embracing the condition to the point where you start attributing things to it that it doesn't have control over um so yeah like that i think it's that last part like is the label and the identity is the comfort and the power that comes from that understanding and from that context is that more powerful than the potential healing you might have and therefore having less of that label and that identity 
so I, I'm a special ed teacher, so I love labels. Um, mm. They really help me define reality in, 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 in a large sense of things. Um, labels are often very limiting. Uh, right. And, I, and I, I agree with that 100%. But it does give us a framework to, to operate around, right? Sure. Um, I don't, I don't, uh, I'm kind of like you. I don't like people who um, use their illness as an excuse. I think that's crappy. Um, there's obviously still accountability with your actions. I mean, even when I get, you know, off the rails, I still have to be held accountable for my actions with my wife. Mm-hmm. Um, and my wife, thank God, does not let me get away with crap, mm-hmm. uh, which really helps me kind of double think things. Um, but I mean, uh, you know, th- there is a comfort knowing that I'm not crazy. You know, I'm not, uh, I'm not unreal. Like when I got really, really super manic, I started Hey, can, can you, right. I think you were breaking up a little bit. Can you say that part again? When you were, oh, last time you were manic? About 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started to hear voices for a little while. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that could be a terrifying experience. Um, and, and it really was. Uh, but looking back on it, knowing what I know now, it made it a lot easier for me to deal with. Mm-hmm. Knowing I wasn't, you know, I wasn't losing my mind. I wasn't out of control. I was just experiencing a symptom of an illness that I have. Um, so I, I'm inclined to lean on the the, uh, the labels uh, personally. Can I can I press you on that a little bit? Please like, do. What like <laughs> what is losing one's mind if not hallucinating? If uh, not having delusions? I don't know. Because um, to me, it, it would be more accurate to say you were losing your mind, but like, but reality stayed the same. And thank goodness. Yeah. Like, thank goodness that you were actually just losing your mind and there weren't actually people talking to you from the nothingness. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, like to me that, that is what that is. Like, it, it's really interesting. Like when you say, um, when <laughs> the word crazy also has, is also kind of problematic, but like when people <laughs> talk about like, crazy um and and crazy is kind of like you know the stand-in for ment for what it means to have mental illness you're a crazy yeah. person yeah. i mean they're talking about schizophrenia right. like someone who's crazy is someone that's lost touch with reality right. someone that has hallucinations has um you know has delusions has paranoia like that's someone who's you know out the outside world um, has little to no impact on what they experience internally. They have their own experiences that are disconnected from that. So I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that's just a that's just something that someone's experiencing. That's that's no judgment. But I don't know. Like that that is how I see that. Like to me, that is losing. And 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 depression's a kind of losing your mind too. I mean, at least for me, it's like I get disassociative. I you know, become like out of body and I, I can't think about myself for the world. So it's a kind of, it's a, you know, a, a kind of um, psychosis, but I don't, I don't know. I just, I, it was interesting to me that you differentiated um, that, you know, I'm, I'm not crazy. So it, maybe it's just that term is problematic and is, I don't know if that's why you 
um, are seeing it that way. I, I don't know. I don't want to put words in your mouth. Uh, I, th- I think, like, um, let me rephrase that. Uh, the thinking was that I wasn't in danger. Uh, mm. I, I was okay. just experiencing a symptom of something that I was experiencing. Um, I, I still pulled off a 3-0 that semester. Um, I still had a lot of fun. I maintained all my relationships. I ended the semester with the same girlfriend that I went into the semester with. I mean, yeah. I think if I was losing my mind, all, none of that would happen. Um, mm-hmm. So, um, you know, people would have gotten hurt. I would have gotten hurt, certainly, if I was really, really going off the deep end. Um, and what's fascinating to me is that I've actually had scarier days since then uh, with kids and, like, with a wife, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like, I've had worse days than I ever did when I was in school. But... Because of the fact that I have a wife and kid, I still get up on those worst days and I go to work. Um, and there's a really interesting thing in my head where I like, we've talked about this before, how like if you have a good support system or if you have people leaning on you, you're, that's the healthiest thing in the world for me is having kids, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, this is kind of a sidebar here, but like, like, like I haven't heard voices in forever, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, could I take medicine <laughs> now? I didn't back then. Um, but the the severity of the illness has gotten worse, but my ability to cope with it has gotten better. Interesting. At a faster rate, which is really cool. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. How about you? Has, has, has your depression gotten worse or is it about the same as it was when we first started getting help? Oh man. Um, it kind of peak. I think for me, it's peaks and valleys. Um, I mean, the worst that it ever was, was, I don't even know. I don't even know when the, when the worst was. Didn't, didn't you do inpatient for a while? I did not. No, I thought, I thought you did. No, I probably. I, I think the conversation that we had was that I, um, I had a therapist who recommended inpatient for me. Right, right. Because yeah. he and I, I read that as I can't help you. You're beyond my help. You need, you know, more extreme measures to address your symptoms. Jerk. Um, looking back, he may have been right. You know. Um, I certainly have, I mean, that was when I first started getting help, you know, about six years ago. Um, and so might've saved a lot of time just going inpatient. I have no idea. You know, I'll never know, you know, the alternative in that case. Um, but yeah, for me, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's been up and down and I'm noticing that a part of the experience is that my memory is very poor. Mm. Um, I don't know if it's a defense mechanism that I just don't want to remember the bad times. Like I can, I I know the individual episodes. I I remember like the context, but um, as far as pinpointing them in a, in a space and time, I couldn't tell you. I, I really, I really couldn't. Um, I don't, I don't remember. I don't remember my first hospitalization. Um, mm. So I, I could kind of relate to that. Yeah. I mean, I think I just have a bad memory in general. Okay. Um, so it's temperament but, is what you're saying. It's not. Yeah, some of it. I mean, I'm sure. But another part, I really just don't. 
yeah, I definitely block out things that I don't want to remember. And some of that's even good things, like things that will make me like nostalgic to the point of like regretting like my life choices. I'll, I, I will block out some of that stuff too. Um, so yeah. <laughs> You're a fascinating dude, Tom. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, you know, I'm so fascinating that I have a podcast. So I got two, so you know that that is, that is most impressive. In fact, <laughs> that, that that is how one ought to measure one's um, level of interest and you know fascination is the number of podcasts they have. Yeah, I so. I um I should put mine on, on my resume because I said <laughs> to hell with it. <laughs> do you think that professional podcasters that then go into media jobs do they list their podcasts on their resumes? Uh, I, I should. I hope so. Like, I mean, this is a lot of work. Um, <laughs> that would be that would be so no, you know, because it's like it would have to be uh, uh, I can't speak words. It would have to be something applicable, right? Like it would have to be yeah. a, a communi- you know, a communications job or a a hosting job or you know, something where what you're doing on a podcast would be relevant. It's not, you know, like, you know, going me going for an accounting job, something like that. But well, I put mine under mine. So I have like my professional. This is, totally doesn't matter. Um, I have my <laughs> professional experience and my education. Yeah. And then I have like other skills. We like have the podcast, have the podcast, can speak sign language, like that kind of thing. You know, I just, you really put it on there? Is it really on your resume? It really is. Yeah. I, wow. And, and I, I, I am dead serious when I say that my principal to this day says the reason she wanted to interview me was because I had two podcasts on my resume. So that that's how I got my foot in the door. Was so like, you're telling be, be interesting. What you're saying is I helped you get a job. Thank you, and Tom. I'm, and I love my job. Compensation. You are I'm pretty sure I owe compensation for this. So yes, you are. I will. Okay. I will. I will buy you dinner the next time I see you. Well, that would be nice. Um, <laughs> we haven't seen each other in ten years. <laughs> the ten years. Uh, right. <laughs> that's not true. It's eight. Eight something like eight, that, eight right? Eight years. Yes, it's about that. Yeah. I graduate. You graduate. You graduate when I did, right? In eleven or no? Eleven. Yep. Yep. Eleven. Okay. All right. I'm like, oh god. When it gets to be ten years, I'm just gonna like probably do the same thing that I am now and just be sad. Um. Okay. I think I'm I'm done with this. Do you have any other caveats, thoughts, areas of discussion we need to go down? Uh, there's one one final. I'm gonna paraphrase a quote, if that's okay for you. That's great. I love I love quotes. I'm a I'm a reading teacher, um, and uh, it's by my favorite writer, Mark Danielewski, who we've talked about before. And uh, he says something along the lines of, uh, "There's a disparity in perfection because if you don't have brokenness, you have no reason to move forward or wake up in the morning." And I love that. Why would you? Give that to me at the end of a podcast. I feel like I need to like break that apart like a lot. Let me find the exact quote for you, and our next episode can be on that quote. How's that? That sounds like not enough for a full episode, but maybe we can shoehorn it into something else. I like it. Okay. All right. Well, oh, something else that I will probably address in my intro, um, but we are recording this um, over Skype. So I think the sound quality is going to be different, but this entirely reduces or eliminates my ability to have to edit this thing, which is like the primary reason why I don't do this. Yeah. Um, in fact, there is a lost episode 
um, then maybe I will eventually edit uh, having to do what was that movie that we watched? We uh, talked about what was it? It was um, the Silver Linings Playbook. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so maybe that will come out one day. Maybe, maybe never. Um, so yeah, if if the audio sounds different, that's why. If it sounds bad, please let me know. If you don't care at all, the, also please let me know because I will just be like an anxious wreck thinking that I've destroyed the podcast by switching to this form. So I'll, please. I'll have to I'll have to go to my catfish uh, Facebook accounts and comment on <laughs> positive comments. <laughs> oh man. Okay, so I am going to stop recording. So Miles, thank you very much, and I will talk to you soon. It's so good to talk to you again. All right, bye.